Hello, my name is Sarah and I am your chakra coach. On this podcast, we'll be exploring how the chakra system can help guide you to grow your emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual wellness, leading you closer to your highest self. Hello, welcome. I am so glad you're here. Thank you for bringing your time and your energy to this show. Today's episode is about something I wanted to talk about for a while, and that's the clairs, claircognizance, clairvoyance, clairaudience, things that we broadly call spiritual gifts. Now, I've touched on them and I explore them in my own life, but I was I was really interested and looking for an expert who could link them to the chakras. And then the universe brought Sky Essence into my life. And she teaches classes on this. She works with these gifts every day. And I am so happy that she agreed to share her knowledge on the podcast. We talk about what the gifts are, how to know which ones you have, and how to strengthen them if that's something that you're interested in doing. It was just a a really interesting conversation that I think you're really going to enjoy. So a little bit about Sky. Sky is a certified life guidance coach utilizing Carl Jung's concept of the shadow and paradox theory. Through her unique coaching approach, uh, individuals are guided to confront and integrate the often overlooked shadow aspects of themselves, uh, which leads to profound transformation. Sky's heightened intuitive and channeling abilities to see beyond the physical plays a pivotal role in assisting these individuals on a deep journey of self-discovery. The process is akin to a rebirth, propelling those who are ready into an elevated state of consciousness and wisdom. Uh, At the end of the episode, we talk a little bit about her class and how to get more information on it, but she also has a free guide that you can download on Shadow Work. So I'm going to put that link in the show notes so that you can get more from Sky. And she also does spiritual gift discovery calls. So I'll put the link to book one of those into the show notes as well. Okay, that's enough from me. Here's Sky Essence and the spiritual gifts. Hello, Sky. Thank you so much for being on the show today. How are you? I'm doing really well. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm very excited. As I mentioned when you and I first connected, this is a topic that I've been wanting to cover for a while. And I guess I was just waiting for the universe to bring me an expert. And here you are. (laughs) (laughs) So today we are talking about the Claire's and we're going to get into those. um, What do you call them? Spiritual gifts, divine gifts. What do you call them? I call them. They can be either spiritual gifts or divine gifts. Sometimes I watch the word spiritual because it's uh, taken on a whole new life. Yes. Yes. it gets bandied about a bit. And I think some people, uh, they're a little triggered by it sort of based on their history, but yeah. So we're going to talk about the divine gifts, the spiritual gifts, the clairs, their relationships to chakras, how to discover it. We're going to talk about all the things, but before we do, how did you come to this work? Okay. That's a pretty big story. Well, I've I've been on this journey of self-discovery and we'll say consciousness for as long as I can remember. But in about two years ago, 
I was in what I call a divine collide. Uh, I had a pretty severe car accident where I ended up with a traumatic brain injury. And I thought I was going to have to learn to live a new normal. Um, all of the techniques and meditation and everything that I'd done just didn't help me. And so slowly, slowly, I started into Oracle cards and tarot decks and started to use visuals to help me reorient the brain and to create new brain waves. And I was just drawn to the chakras through the process of that. Um, and as a result of the car accident, Divine Collide, all of my gifts kind of melded into one. And so many of my clients are interested in that. So I, I held a masterclass teaching on the, the gifts as well as the chakras. All right. So the gifts, let's talk about those. So when you talk about the glyphs, you're the gifts, you're specifically talking about what's sort of collectively known as the clairs, right? Exactly. So yeah. let's, first of all, what does Claire mean? Claire means clear. clear. So, okay. Yes. So, so when we have... talk about all the clairs, it's clear, whatever. So knowing that, tell me what they are. So starting at the root chakra, which is at the crown of the head, that's claircognizance. And that's known as clear knowing. So that is where we just know something. We don't know why we know it, but we just know it. And there's no question. Then we have clairvoyance, which is the third eye chakra, and that is clear seeing. So that might show up as visions. A lot of people have vivid dreams or nighttime visions. You can see things ahead of time before they actually happen. Then we have Claire. Uh, sorry. We, I just drew up like Claire audience, which is yeah. actually the chakra. Thank you. And it, it it's the hearing and the voice. And so that is, uh, you're able to hear spirits, spirit guides, uh, or spirit, uh, with information that you wouldn't otherwise know. Um, oftentimes my little gift is like, if I go into the store and I want to buy something, I'll hear no. <laughs> and that's a, you know, that's like a subtle thing. Another thing might be that if we're driving down the street, we're going to work and we're driving our normal route, we might hear turn left here. So it's, it helps kind of guide and direct us. And then we have clairsentience, which is associated with the heart and the solar plexus and the solar plexus. The reason it's two is solar plexus are self-will, which often can be involved with the ego. And that's why it's important to have the heart chakra as well, because our self-will should be led by our heart. And so that is uh, clairsentience. People call those empaths. So you're going to feel mm -hmm. and sense other people's emotions and moods. You could walk into a place you've never been before and you can feel and sense maybe the energy of that. You might have an automatic resonance or like aversion to it. Same thing with people, right? So you can be walking down the street feeling just fine. And all of a sudden this depression comes upon you and it, you know, it's not yours. And it's probably something that you've picked up from somebody around you. So it's feeling other people's feelings or spirits and that kind of thing. Okay. Thank you for that. Um, clarification. So essentially the gifts lie in our upper chakras, which makes a lot of sense to me because they would be sort of more impacted by the finer vibrations, your, your uh, spiritual body, um, maybe your emotional body, rather than necessarily the physical realm that we live in. So that makes, that makes a lot of sense. Now, do people have 
um, one gift, two gifts. Does everybody have gifts? Let's talk about like, how do we know if we have one of these divine gifts? Well, I believe that we all have intuitive gifts, divine gifts. Not everyone is going to have all of them, but everyone I believe is going to have at least a primary intuitive gift. For most people, that might be the empathic uh, gift. It's where we get that gut feeling, we, you know, all that. So everyone has at least one gift. They can also be developed. So even if I have, say, claircognizance is my primary gift, it can work with my clairsentience, right? So there's a, a knowing feeling, if you will, uh, or same thing with the third eye chakra. So how you, there's ways to develop each one of them. Uh, there are exercises that you can do, meditations, um, practicing, sitting with a partner, like if you're going to do claircognizance, you know, sitting with a partner and thinking of something and having them see if they can pick it up. So there are a lot of different ways that you can do that. You can do, if you're clairvoyant, you can um, track your dream work. So mm -hmm. create a dream journal and really honor the dreams and ask for uh, interpretation of the dreams. Um, what else? There's um, dreams. I, yeah. Do you, do you find that people um, kind of have a sense of which is their primary intuitive gift or uh we, we just kind of wander about in the world, not even knowing that we have these. Oftentimes people don't know. They just think it's a part of who they are. Like I remember. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Like I remember just, I've always had these gifts. I didn't know that they were gifts and I would be quite confused that people couldn't see things like I saw them or didn't feel them as intensely as I felt them or couldn't just know things like I knew them. And so in taking, in giving this class, you know, a lot of people would think they had a certain primary gift, but by the end of the class, they realized that wasn't their primary gift, that there was another gift that was their primary, but they just thought that was part of my personality. And so you do often have a primary gift and then a secondary or a third um, gift that supports the primary gift. And I... I suspect that because we all sort of default to our own experience as normal, we just assume, like you're saying, we just assume kind of everybody has these gut feelings once in a while that turn out to be correct. And it's actually, maybe that's not actually true, but then the person who doesn't have that has some other sort of gift and they are considering that to be sort of the default human experience. Yeah. Um, and we, we can't help it, right? That we just figured this is what it feels like to be human and it must, everybody must feel like that. Yes. Um, but that's neat because I think that gives us a hint as to where we should start. If we want to develop our Claire, you know, it gives us an idea of like, oh, I actually really do have those gut feelings. I really do have that empathic sense. I'm going to follow that road and get and develop that mm -hmm. a little bit more. Um, when you work with the the chakra system and the, the Claire's, do you find that people tend to be, I guess this could be individual, but so if they are like, let's say clairsentient, they tend to have a very open heart chakra or a very closed heart chakra, or does sort of balancing that energy center release the gift? I don't know. Talk about how that works. 
Okay. So I'm going to start with the chakras because okay. as you probably know, the lower three chakras, the root chakra, the sacral chakra, and the solar plexus represent our physical nature. The upper three chakras, which is the throat, the third eye, and the crown chakra represent our spiritual nature, just in layman's terms. And they, they bridge together at the heart. And so if the root chakra is out of balance or overactive, it can then impact the rest of the chakras and they have to compensate. So it's not necessarily making sure that one chakra is balanced. It's making sure that they all are. And it always starts with the root chakra, which is our safety and our security in the world within ourselves. And so if we have grew up in a dysfunctional family or we've dealt with a lot of trauma, we may not feel safe. And so it's always better to start with the root chakra. You know, we are in this body for a reason. And that's why I call my programs embody the body, because most people who are highly gifted and highly sensitive spend a lot of their time focusing on the spiritual nature. And I, I like to say they're so heavenly bound, there's no earthly good. And But it's really important to bridge the two. And so it is not just a matter of uh, balancing or harmonizing one chakra so that that gift can be heightened. It is a matter of finding balance within all of the chakras. Within the entire system. Um, and a lot of times when we talk about the balancing process of just the chakra system, yes, we do start at the root and we kind of move up, but that doesn't mean that you wouldn't say let have um, clairvoyance as your primary gift, even if your root chakra does need a little extra attention, right? Like those things can be appearing in your life um, and then be developed through balancing the entire energy system. Is that? Absolutely. Yes, oh, absolutely. And so what I found working with people is as you balance the rest of the chakras, the others start to open up more, you know, because if you look at the chakra, they, the, the transcripts, um, translation is wheel. And how I see it is like a wheel within a wheel spinning. That's how I see it. And everyone's going to see it differently. And so if it's not moving at an optimal rate or it's really shut down and or closed, then Yes, you can try to stimulate that, but if you're blocked at the lower chakras, then the third eye can't expand, can't come to a, a more open flow. And then that also then can block the crown chakra. So it does all work together. Yes, you can definitely develop the third eye, but it will only go to a certain point until you're in alignment. Simply because it doesn't have the foundation it needs to sort of reach its fullest potential, awesome. which I mean, I, I use that very loosely because I'm not sure that's exactly how it works, but I think like, that's a great way to sort of um, yeah. imagine it. Um, can we talk a little in depth about each of the clairs, what that might look like, how that might feel? Um, I would love if we could just dive in a little bit deeper. Cause I think like you went through them and I was like, oh yeah, yeah. Wait, I have a lot of follow-up questions. So, <laughs> so um, I guess let's just start at the heart since we were talking about that. Um, you talked about clairsentience being sort of what we think of as an empath. And I know you said also solar plexus. Um, so we'll talk about both of those, but the, the sense of being an empath, if somebody has that as their primary gift, what does that feel like? How does it show itself in its life? What are signs people could be looking for if they think that this might be their primary divine intuitive gift? Okay. Oftentimes you might hear people say, you're so sensitive. Like that is a very key, like number one thing. You're so, why are you so, so sensitive? Funny. Yeah. You're yeah. overly and, sensitive. Take a, 
it's just a joke. Take it easy. Right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. But it doesn't, it doesn't feel that way inside an empath. You know, the feelings that you get are magnified. Like it, it is, it is magnified. That's the best way to use that. So you can also have gut feelings, right? Um, and I call that my, my heart knowing or my gut knowing, um, Again, it's like you could just be working with something and you just get this hit in your heart or in your, in your, um, solar plexus. It's like, oh yes, it's a, it's a feeling knowing, right? So you've got the, the feeling knowing, uh, you also can, if you're, if your chakra is not balanced, you could have, um, unhealthy boundaries. So mm. If you, again, if you have, if you've been traumatized, if your aura is not strong and fortified, then you may not know how to have healthy boundaries. And that's one thing I really found with empaths is that they don't have appropriate or healthy spiritual boundaries or personal boundaries. And so they kind of let people walk all over them. They can be very codependent in how they interact with people because they want to people please. And that comes from the fact that they are overloaded with their sensitivity and the emotion that they don't know it's okay to say, no, that's not mine. Like that's not mine to bear. You know, it's a big one. I teach people that's not mine to bear. You know, you can, they can have their own feelings and emotions. That's not yours. You can have sensitivity to environment. So you, like I said earlier, you can show up to a place and just automatically get a hit with whatever's going on there. I mean, when I was younger, I couldn't go to clubs like most people. It was way too much for me. Um, you could have uh, physical sensations, you know, like feeling, mm -hmm. or we get the chills. Uh, we can be very sensitive to changes in temperature. Uh, people who are clairsentient can also have healing abilities. So being able to understand and support people where they are in their emotions, um, strong intuition and relationships, right? So you can feel and know what's going on, even if there's no verbal communication about what's happening. Uh, one of the other ones I really love is animal communication. Like you have, because animals, especially, you know, cats and dogs that we have in our house, they're so sensitive that you can have this beautiful, deep relationship with them and just kind of know. I think one thing I see a lot in people who are, uh, who do have that clear sentience is a strong desire to act, which now that you're saying this makes a lot of sense to me since it sits in the solar plexus and they just like, I just, I have to do this. And they don't have any idea why, but it's a thing that they're just like, I got to go do this right now or or, uh, or something like that, like that intuitive hit where they can't sort of rest until they do the thing that they somehow in their gut know they need to go do. And I feel like that must sit in the clairsentience. Yes. And oftentimes we can get that, that sense of urgency got to go now. Right. I get that a lot too. And, um, I've come to the point where I, I no longer question that. So if I get this, like, Got to go now feeling. I know that is, yes, absolutely the clairsentience. And then to sort of strengthen that, what are just, I mean, I, would, I don't have time to really go into like all the possibilities, <laughs> but like what are, what's one or two things people could do if they're like, I think clairsentience is my, is my gift. How can they strengthen that or kind of determine if, yep, that's the one for me. So kind of a fun one that I like to do. Um, so depending on how sensitive you are, how open you are, um, you can either go around a small group of people that you trust and then start to see if you can sense their different energies and emotions. 
Okay. I have a, I have a goddaughter who is a, she works in the medical field. And so I had her when she would go into the different rooms to, to work with the different patients to see if she could sense, feel if they were upset, if they were sad, if they were happy, if they were at peace. So that's a really great way to do that. If you're bold, you could go to a mall and you could sit down <laughs> and kind of be a people watcher or on a train or a bus, right? And then as people walk past, you see if you can feel or sense, even, even just real subtle, their energy, emotional frame. Yeah. The mall one or the train station, that sounds like a, that sounds overwhelming to me, but I think for some yeah, people I mean, that would be like a really neat thing to, I mean, that seems overwhelming to me sometimes, even when I'm going within with my like boundaries solidly in place. So yeah, if you are bold, that is, that is a yeah. way to do it. That's really, um, well, and it's a really great practice because as empaths, it's really important for us to come to a neutral place within ourselves. Yeah. Right. And one of the, I think the greatest ways to develop all of these gifts is to know thyself right? To know your own inner energy makeup, your own emotions, your own shadow and light so that you can understand that when you come across somebody and the vibration changes or the emotion changes that you can know, yeah, that's not mine. And that is not mine mm -hmm. to bear. And so that coming to that inner place of peace and doing the own inner work that also can help you develop clairsentience, all of them actually. And without letting it really just take over your life to the point where you can't function. Uh -huh, uh -huh. So let's then move on up. Let's talk about clear audience in the throat chakra. So you yeah. talked a little bit about sort of hearing, um, turn left here or hearing something. Uh, tell me a little bit more about that. I'm really interested in clear audience. So clear audience is you can hear things subtly and then you can also hear them like an auditory hearing and there's nobody in the room. And so it can be, it can come as an inner voice guidance. And often it's our, we hear it in our own voice. Okay. So when we hear that, we hear it in our own voice. Um, so it can be, like I said, as subtle as no, you can't buy that thing or turn left or turn right, or don't go to work. Um, I was actually scheduled to get on a plane to go to the East coast. And the day before I was going to get on the plane, I heard very clearly in my hearing, do not get on that plane. And so it can be as subtle as, like I said, or it can be very vocal. Um, and that do not get on that plane was almost as if I was hearing it audibly that someone actually was talking to me. So is that what you were meaning? Yeah, absolutely. How can we tell the difference between our thoughts in our own voice and clear audience in our own voice? Because um, I guess we haven't really talked about like, where does this come from? But we, is it from spirit guides? Is it from the universe? Where does this sort of channel into us. Oh my gosh, I feel like I just opened a giant can of worms for a whole new topic, but let's see. You totally can... did. <laughs> <laughs> let's, see, let's see if we can keep it, um, keep it contained to just this for a moment. So okay. how can we tell the difference between our own thoughts? Like I like a banana and don't get on that plane, right? If it comes in the same voice, how do I know which is which? There is a sense difference. Okay. okay. And I always ask the question. So when I was developing this particular gift, 
my thing was I have to hear it strong three times. Like that's just how I did it. Right. So if I got three prompting strong, then I knew it wasn't like of my ego or myself, my desires. Um, that's how I developed that. And so now I just know, but the funny thing is, is that people think that it's all my mind. So I always say, ask, what is the motivation? Like, mm -hmm. what is the motive to this? So if you're getting an instruction, what is the motive? What is the purpose of this? And then I always ask a clarifying question. So except for don't get on that plane, um, yeah, which seems pretty <laughs> clear. very clear to me. Right? Um, and so I, I do always ask clarifying questions. Like, is this something for me to act on? Or is this just information I'm supposed to know? And maybe, you know, if I, if I hear something about a loved one, right. Um, someone's sad, someone's going through something, someone just got in a car accident, whatever it is, I will ask a clarifying question. Is this just for me to pray or meditate about, or is this for me to take action? So it does take practice, uh -huh. uh, especially if you haven't done a ton of internal work that the ego often is ego, which, which means to me, this alter identity that has been created by conditioned patterns and habits over time. And that is kind of what's in the forefront. And so, uh, it is difficult if you have not done a lot of internal work to know the difference because it is a sense feeling of the difference. Um, and it is subtle. And so the more subtle you can become within, the more you're going to be able to know the difference. I think that goes back to having the chakra system really balanced because we talk a lot about self-trust stemming mm -hmm. from the root chakra and if you don't have sort of a solid foundation of trust in yourself in your beliefs in your ideas if you're just if that hasn't been a safe place for a while it's very difficult to then trust the messages that you get because you don't trust yourself um and so i think that is an interesting sort of loop back to what you were saying about we had to make sure the entire system is balanced because everything supports other things, right? It, no one chakra can exist by itself or be balanced or open mm -hmm. or however you want to envision it alone, right? Yeah. So I can have the most available throat chakra ever, but if I don't trust the messages that I'm getting, then they're not really terrifically useful. So yes. I, just, I think that's really... That's a really great point. And the distrust often can come from when we're children, right? Children are so open in their gifts, right? They, they be, they are conditioned out of them actually. And so if you start saying, oh, well, I'm hearing this, or I'm hearing that it's shut down. So you then don't trust your own hearing, your own knowing your own sense, because an adult, someone you trust has said, that's not real. So it's a, it's a real deep seated uh, issue often. hundred percent. Yeah. I think that is actually I mean, uh, to be cliche about it, that's kind of like where a lot of our issues come from. It's like, I know, I'm not going to put you on a couch and like, tell me about your childhood or whatever. But yeah, it really is true. Like we, we, the, the past that we experience informs who we are today. And if you would like to be something different or explore being something different, then you have to kind of look at those things a little bit and see which ones you can let go. Yeah. Yeah on up to the third eye clairvoyance which i think is maybe the most like um like pop culture 
glare there is, right? Like that's the one that we see in the movies, the one I think that we have our earliest introduction to um, mm. from the things that we we consume in the world. Movies are always like people about clair clairvoyance and things like that. So Sky, is it like that? Is it like a fade to black and then there's like a movie scene where I'll see what's going to happen? I can't imagine that it is. It can be for highly clairvoyant people, but usually no. <laughs> I mean, not in my experience and not with the people that I work with. Now, we can have real vivid dreams. And, and to me, there are different things between dreams and visions, even nighttime okay. dreams and nighttime visions. And so to me, dreams would be almost like our unconscious or subconscious mind trying to process things throughout the day, right? A, a vision is going to be very vivid. You're going to, I mean, see color and you're going to know that you're in this experience and there are deep messages that come. Uh, so again, with each of the gifts, you can have something very subtle to something very, very loud. Like a, an example is, uh, there's a glass sitting on the counter and you just get a flash. You see it falling on the floor and crashing. Okay. So that's a subtle something. And if you're not real present, you can see that flash and not move the cup and then end up knocking it on the floor. And then you can have like before nine 11 happened, I had a very clear night vision of that happening. It's like it was in great detail. So, and then you've got the gamut, right? Um, you have people who are daydreamers and daydreamers are real clairvoyant, but sadly the daydreaming can become a, a, a form of escape from the current reality. So again, you're going to have the whole scope, the whole realm. So if you if you think that this might be where your gift lies, or it's something that you'd like to develop a little bit, what are some, you talked a little bit about a dream journal. Tell me more about how do we start a dream journal? How does that work? So I would buy a designated journal just for your dream. So when you set intention to do that, life's going to show up to support you. And so one of the things that I do when I started doing this is at nighttime, before I go to bed, you keep your journal and your pen on the nightstand and you say something like, I remember, I, I honor my dreams and the messages that come and I will remember them when I wake up. Mm -hmm. So if you wake up, even in the middle of the night, you don't need to turn the light on. You just pick up that pen and you just write it doesn't matter if you're on the lines or whatever. So you just write it out as in as much detail as possible. And then the next day, when you wake up, you can actually go through the symbolism in the dream. Uh, one thing that's really important is how you feel in the dream or the night vision. And mm -hmm. so you write all of that out and then you use that as an opportunity, as a mirror to kind of reflect you back to you, right? So you look at all this imagery and you ask yourself, like, how does this apply to my life or what is the message in this for me? So that's a really great one. Yeah, I think that's a, and it's, fairly straightforward, right? Just about anybody can start doing that. It doesn't require a whole lot of um, extra work on your part, right? You're going to sleep anyway. So you might as well have the little, <laughs> you might as well have the, the journal. Um, can I just say you, one more thing about please. that? Um, and so when you honor that time and that space and set that intention, you will remember more. Like we all dream, we all have nighttime dreams. We just often don't remember. And so as you honor that and over time, you will remember more and you will get 
deeper messages from those dreams. I think that's true. I <laughs> I recently went on vacation with some friends and in the morning I would wake up and be like, oh, I had this odd dream. And I would say it. And about three days into the trip, one of our, one of our friends looked at me and said, you really have, you really have vivid dreams, don't you? And I said, oh, that's so interesting. Yes. Yes. I, I suppose I do. And I thought, you know, I wonder if this, this guy does have dreams too, and he just doesn't remember them. Um, and so like, yeah, like you were saying, everybody has those dreams and it's just when you make the space in your life for them, like in our house, we get up and in the morning, there's like a, like a five to 10 minute period and we do like a little dream debrief almost, right? Like everybody's like, oh, I had a dream last night. Oh, me too. And we just do a little dream <laughs> sharing, which is, I suppose, not technically a journal, but kind of functions mm -hmm. as one. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's so that's interesting. Dream. I would not necessarily consider clairvoyance to be my primary gift, but I think that the dreams do um, support the other things that I would consider to be more more closely my primary gift. So, um, is we're gonna get to claircognizance. So I feel like there may be some sort of overlap between these between all of them, perhaps, but these two in particular seem overlapped to me. So maybe you can either confirm that or tell me how to separate it. So like the, the vision of the glass falling off the counter and then the glass does fall off the counter and you say, oh my God, I knew that was going to happen. Did you get a vision of it? Did you just have a flash of the future? Like where do you, what's the line there? Is there that's a line a, there? That's a really good distinction. Now, a lot of people will say, oh, I knew that was going to happen because you saw it happen. Because you saw it. But we say, I knew that was going to happen because we don't have a phrase in our language or in English at least. I saw that was going to happen. People don't really say yes. that. Yeah. And so, yes, they do work together. Uh, but because the clear cognizance is just clear knowing, like, you know, you don't know why, you know, you just know, like, you don't see anything, you don't hear anything, you don't feel anything, you just know it. Right. But it can work with the clairvoyance. So if, like you said, so if you saw something happen, and in that scene, you also knew it was going to happen. That's those two working together. Hmm. So seeing something doesn't mean that you know it's going to happen. Seeing something, you should just see something. Mm -hmm. But if you see it and, and know it at the same time, which kind of helps build the faith and trust in your gift, then it happens. You're like, oh my gosh, I saw that and I knew it was going to happen. So those are the two things. And Claire cognizance works really closely with, I think all of the Claire's because it's like a feeling knowing, yes. a seeing knowing, right? A hearing knowing. And I do think that they all work, that Claire cognizance works with each one of them as a supportive gift. I think maybe Claire cognizance, well, I mean, you're the expert. So you tell me if I'm completely <laughs> off base, but to me, Claire cognizance is the sort of way that what you know from the other gifts gets to your brain in a way that you can understand it, right? Because if I have the vision of the glass falling, but I don't have words for it or a way to express it, then it's what well, do I do with that? Well, clear cognizance, clear cognizance is a clear knowing, but it's not really like a brain knowing. It is a spiritual knowing. And so, yes, I can get how you're saying that, but the like when I see something and I see it happen, it doesn't necessarily, I don't feel it necessarily goes through the claircognizance because it's just such a quick flash. Okay. 
Um, and it takes presence of mind to, to really be able to be aware of those things. Um, and that's a really good question. Yeah, I, really good I mean, questions. the thing is, is that it's also connected, right? Like that's the, it's yes. just, they do nothing, ex again, everything re relies on everything else. And so to just tease out and be like, I am just clear audience doesn't really make mm -hmm. a lot of sense to me as far as I, what I know about how the, the system, your energetic mm -hmm. system works. Mm -hmm. Because well, that's why thinking, I said, oops, no, that's no, no, why please, I said, there's ahead. a primary and there's always a secondary or supporting one. And that's why I feel Claire Cognizance is that supportive one. If that's not your main one, then that is a supportive one for the others. Cause it is the, you know, the clear seeing the, the knowing clear, all that. So, so yes, like clear hearing, like, like, you know, that you hear it, you know, that you see it, you know, that you feel it. But, but again, I, it, to me, I, I, there is a subtlety, you know, when you asked about how do we know if it's our voice or the ego's voice and, you know, a spirit guide or, or a higher consciousness, it, it is subtle. And I feel like that's the same thing with claircognizance versus the mind thinking about it. It is the higher mind, mm. if you know, but it is not like the human conditioned mind that, that pulls that together. Does that make sense? It does. I feel like I'll have to think on it for a little bit, but yes, I feel like that gives me sort of a, a good starting place. I have heard people talk about like genius or like ideas being like fully formed concepts that just appear in your brain. Is that a form of clear cognizance? Absolutely. So absolutely. That's a really great way of saying that geniuses, of course, uh, artists, same thing, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And so it is the fully formed concepts or ideas that come from, we'll say the other realm, if you will, that is then downloaded into us. And then yes, we use our brain at that point to put it together, but it is, it is driven by a higher knowing. Okay. Yes. If that makes it's sense. I think so. When I think about that, I think, and this is just a story. I have no idea if it's true, but they talk about like Michelangelo saying he would look at the block of granite and he would already see the statue. Like he just had the whole thing in his, yes, and like, it was just a knowing, a seeing of what was already there. And then he would just sort of chisel away until he got to what was already present. Yeah. And I, I feel like that's kind of what this must be similar to. That's like to me, that would, yeah, to me, that would be more clairvoyance. clairvoyance. Look at that thing and actually see the whole thing come together. That would be the vision, like that would be your clear seeing. Uh, and then of course it might be, yes, I know that that's how I have to do it. But the knowing again, it's not just from, it, it is a higher knowing. It is a spiritual knowing, is a divine knowing to help you pull that together. Um, okay. And yes, it works with our brain, but what do we use? five percent of our brain so <laughs> <laughs> okay so it is a working together of that and again it all works together yeah absolutely and it just it it has to that's so interesting um do you think that these are and we touched on this a little bit do you think that these are sort of gifts that were just part of the human experience until I always blame the like industrial revolution, but, um, <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but things that we just experienced as humans for the majority of time. And then history has sort of taken them out of us as we've gone to focus on other things. Do you think this is just part of 
being a human being and it's not anything like crazy unusual. What is, what's your take on that? Yes and no. Like oh, okay. I, <laughs> I feel that because we are, I'll just say spirit beings residing in this avatar and this body that by nature, we are this, we, okay. we are these, we have these abilities. And yes, I feel like over time that we become preoccupied with the busyness of life, that those fall by the wayside, that instead of living life from that intuitive knowing nature, we are so cerebral now right? It's people are so in their mind that they don't know how to live from their heart. And I think that that is, yes, that is an evolutionary thing that has happened over time. Fascinating. Yeah. I mean, the physical world demands so much of us, right? Survival day-to-day requires a lot of our attention, right? Do we have a place to live? Do we have food to eat? Do we have um, safety in our relationships, right? Like the, the world what you can see and touch and smell requires a lot of our attention. And so it sounds to me like we have to, if we want to develop these gifts because of the way we live, we really have to kind of pay some attention and do some of these exercises that you're talking about. Well, it's taking time every day. You know, when, when I start working with clients who've never meditated a day in their life, I just tell them, just take five minutes a day. Yeah. Right. When you, and same with the dream work, when you commit to doing just five minutes a day, what you notice throughout the day is that there's a little bit more space between you and the doings and the happenings in your life. And it gives you kind of that space to begin to respond to life instead of just being this constant reaction to life, right? Cause and effect, cause and effect, cause and effect. But there's a kind of this pause in between that gives you just that moment to reflect, okay, how do I want to respond to this situation? But people are so busy. They feel like they don't have time, but if we don't take the time to understand this, to, to, to know thyself, it makes it very difficult to fully understand what's around you. Yeah. I think we, we have time for the things that we make a priority. <laughs> yes. <laughs> which, which is just, <laughs> which is just, Read. it's such an uncomfortable <laughs> truth. It's just so, it's very uncomfortable to be like, oh, I do have time for that. I just don't prioritize it. Yeah. And that was, I think, one of the hardest lessons I ever learned because then I had to really sort of take responsibility for what I did and did not learn about myself, the gifts I did and did not develop uh, because yeah. I wasn't, it wasn't enough it didn't, it wasn't important enough to me. And so, yeah. and I think everybody's on a journey. Yes. Like eventually things do get important enough to you. Um, well, and that's what people come to this podcast. Yeah. And that's a beautiful thing that you said about taking responsibility. You know, people, humans don't do a great job of that, right? It's, it's a lot easier to, to blame the, the, the apparent outside things for the condition of our lives. But you're right, when we don't stop and take time to understand the nature of who we are, then it's easier to just blame it on circumstance and situation, right? Sure. And that's not to say your circumstance and your situation aren't real. They are, they're a hundred percent real. But we still, we still do have some choices around that. Yeah. Um, So I think, 
I want to circle back to something I asked earlier and you tell me if I, if this is just another 20 minute conversation or if we can cover this quickly. Um, where do these cosmic downloads come from? Do, are they existing in the ether and we just tap into them? Is it a team of spirit guides? Oh no, I read that's another, that's a whole nother podcast episode. Isn't no, it? <laughs> it, it, it absolutely is, which I would love to do with you, but, um, well then give us high level now. Started, Maybe right? we'll talk about, okay. we'll talk about bringing, bringing all right, it back. Because, all right. So I look at life from uh universal and relative or absolute and relative. So in the absolute reality of all that is, yes, everything is already there. In the relative reality, which is you and I having this conversation right now, that when we can be sensitive to it, we can we have access to that. And that can come by way of spirit guides, um, guardian angels, spirit itself. And so really, um, it is all of it. It is both. So it is, yes, that it is already all there because here we go, past, present, and future all arise in this now moment. And so out of this time space, there is no time space. And so all of it's happening right now. So yes, it is all available to us every moment, but in this relative 3D reality, it oftentimes can seem like it's coming from a spirit guide or something, but I believe it's coming from, for me, as I develop this and understand it's coming from within because in us is the, the microcosm of the macrocosm. I see why this would be a whole nother 20 minute conversation because yes. I have about 15 <laughs> questions uh, that arose from just those five sentences. Yeah. Um, but okay. I think that's actually a really helpful thing to know is that this is not uh, this is not necessarily something outside of you that you're developing. It's something that is inherently present in you that you are mm -hmm. developing. Um, and like you said, our brains are somewhat limited to what's happening in this 3D uh, world that we can touch and, and see and experience with the five senses, let alone these additional senses. And I say it's it, instead of a learning, it's a remembering because it oh, is already part of our nature. Our, 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 our spirit nature, our universal nature. And so it is a remembering. And so a lot of this work is about unremembering, right? Letting go of all the things that prevent us from remembering. That's been a lot of my work this year is finding, I've been calling it the authentic self. Like mm. who am I yes. without all of the things that have been put on me? And I, I suspect that part of who we each are without all the things that are covering us is a being that has one, mm. two, three, four of these, mm. these intuitive gifts. Mm. Sky, you said you teach a class on all of this. Is that yes. offered in person, online? I guess, tell me a little bit about what you, how you convey this information to people. How do you teach it? So I teach variety of things, but this particular thing I do in eight week series master classes. Okay. And so um it is mostly done on Zoom. There are pre-recording teachings that I send out to the class participants before mm -hmm. so that they can hear the information and then 
it affords me the opportunity in the Zoom session to be able to uh, relate with people, which is really important because I work a lot intuitively and it helps the other participants know that they're not the only ones going through this. So mm -hmm. I like to give the teaching aspect before they get on the call so that in the call, I can really meet people where they are and and then they have homework. I give them homework. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or practice, homework right? It's, yeah, it's just practice, you know, those how to develop these things and how so, to practice. Yeah, like those little exercises that we were just talking about, except that you say, hey, Sarah, it sounds like these two exercises would be great for you where you are right now to go work yeah. on this week, that kind of thing. Um, well, that's neat because I feel like just even just based on what you've said, like I thought I knew what mine my gift might be. And now I'm like, oh, wait, maybe it's, you know, just a little something different. So just, you know, some guidance to help, yeah. to help sort of understand yourself a little bit better. Uh, is that, that's on your website? Uh, uh, yes. It, it's not yet. I'm actually, I'm in the, in transition, I'm getting ready to launch a, a bunch of things. And oh, so, cool. um, so that is not quite yet. I'm, I'm probably going to get on teachable and create the whole Amazing. So it, everything's kind of at pause right now. And I'm launching a big program on January 10th. Uh, and so, yeah, a lot going on. But. Awesome. Okay. That's January 10th, 2024, depending on when people are listening to it, it could be up and running. Um, yes. So that's awesome. And how can people find out more about the classes? So the best way to reach me right now is through my email, which okay. is mystichealinginstitute.com. And uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> mystichealinginstitute at gmail.com. And um, so, yeah, they can just email me and I'm happy to give them any information uh, about what's coming next. Fantastic. I'll put that in the show notes so nobody has to remember that while they're driving in their car or whatever they're doing while listening to the podcast. Sky, I want to thank you so much for sharing this with us today. Um, it's been fascinating. I think this is a really interesting topic, um, a nice deep dive into something that I feel a lot of us have a sense like that we kind of play around the edges of these gifts yeah. and this gave us some of the ways to sort of really understand what they are and get a little bit deeper. So I appreciate that. I really appreciate you giving me this time and having this communication. It's wonderful. I love this stuff. I'm like, <laughs> this stuff. yeah, no, we could just geek out about it forever. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right, Sky. Well, you have a fantastic day and I will talk to you again soon. All right. Thank you so much, Sarah. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Okay, bye.